You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. Hey, Nick. Would I be second favorite, third favorite? I don't think you're an uncle. Right. No. To the timeline, yeah. at least. That's no. true. You got the that's homeboy true. vibes. Like, you're just the cool neighbor. Like, you know, like you got that cool neighbor that's a little older guy that buys you beer and shit. You're that guy. <laughs> that's it. I can see that. Hey, mister, can you give me a 12 pack? That's me. Yeah, you can't say no, man. <laughs> I'm getting dragged by USF fans. Told them uh, on Friday when they beat Florida that that USF was not a good team. They just won the Gainesville Regional. So uh, the city of Tampa is dragging me through these Twitter streets. There, right there, are, there, oh. are, there are six USF baseball fans that Nick's mentions. And- All six of them are dragging me. <laughs> that's, that's, 12 sets, that's 12 hands on me, just, just dragging me through Tampa. Yeah, I was about to say we can't go to Tampa or Jacksonville now as a as a record label staff and crew, man. Y'all gotta tighten up. <laughs> no. no. I'll, I'll, hold, it, I'll hold it down for Tampa. Oh, Dan, get your people in line. I will. I will. Man, oh man, you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, I got uh we uh we picked up a new puppy, so uh living that puppy life where they uh they mm. say puppies sleep all day long. That's they a don't. lie. Not that this one. Oh, they, they, um, they, they poop all day long. Yeah, so it's an old English sheepdog. They get up to like 80, 110 pounds. Right now, the little guy's like 11. Um, but he is just a bundle of energy. And then he'll crash for like 45 minutes, but then he's up again. He takes like 45-minute naps, and that's it. All right, hold on. I got, I got a point of clarification here. You said that you got a puppy, and then you said that he was 11. He's 11 pounds. He's oh, 11 pounds, pounds now. Yeah, they get up to like 80 oh. to 100 and something 11. pounds. He's, he's eight weeks old, 11 pounds, and he is just running head, nose first into my legs, into the doors, into the couch. He's just goofy. So I love it. What's fun, his name? Fun, though. Uh, named him Norman, Normie. Okay. You have, you have him a real name? You Give have a, name. a boomer and a Norman. Are oh. you a closet Oklahoma Sooners Cl- fan? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. The jig's up, man. Dang. The jig, Dan the just jig exposed me. Up. Sounds like fucking Harrison's household. It might be. Old house. Hey, shout out to Harrison, our new on-campus ambassador, uh, on-campus rep. Uh, we'll be doing some video, some columns, some general tomfoolery for us. Listen, I think we need this. We were talking about this pre-recording. I think we need to get together and get Harrison a training session with Quincy Avery. And we'll film that. That might have to be like for Patreon or something. Just uh, film Harrison going through a full quarterback workout with Quincy. Well, Avery. I don't think that's it. I think that's going to make us look bad as a regular we'll staff and crew. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'll, think that's I'll, Harrison's strong suit. I'll do a, I, I, uh, I'm here. I'm here for the laughs. Do you want me to get some uh, ladder drills on with my boy Riedel? Yeah, put that, put that yeah. on film. We'll, we'll shut up the timeline for good. We probably get NFT these that. Quick feet. That, that's an NFT. <laughs> that's yeah, an NFT. Yeah, we get NFT that for sure. I actually have to pay somebody to uh, to get it. 
Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a actually excited about Harrison doing that, man. It's gonna be fire. I'm thinking more like McGruder. You know, shout yeah. out to shout out to the homie McGruder. He's do some things on campus, but I want to get those vibes going. You know, uh, I think Harrison's a funny kid, smart, knows football a little bit. We can get serious and we can get we can shoot some jokes on campus and just get this stadium and Gale, same corner, same time logo. Actually, on the same corner at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And if you're a student at UF and you're interested in working with Harrison or we're interested in working with us, let us know. We're we're always looking for for help. We're always looking for people to help that that want to build the brand and everything that we got going on. We got some exciting stuff happening behind the scenes. Pardon me, uh, that we're excited to uh, to share with you guys here soon. Uh, some things for uh, football season uh, and just uh, some just overall fun that we're going to have as a podcast. So uh, if you're ever interested in helping out, let us know. You guys want to get into the show? Big weekend. Absolutely. I'm ready to hang out a little bit. Before we do that, before we do that, I want to give a special shout out to our boy, Cam producer of this show, producer of the big three roll up producer of a lot of different things behind the scenes. Uh, Incredible dude, hardworking dude. Uh, Every week this show gets posted because of him. So Happy birthday to Cam. I believe that's uh, year 30 for you. So congratulations, my dude. Uh, you 30? You 30? You dirty 30? 30, 30. I think he's 30, 30. Uh, you got to smoke a dirty on your 30, 30, 30. Yeah, I think you, I think you do. I think those are the rules. <laughs> I think those are the no, rules. No, you got to smoke a dirty. Yeah, he said I've been smoking. All right, we'll talk about that another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't totally know. What <laughs> yeah, it's not smoking a dirty means. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, before we do that, give a shout out to our friends over at the law firm of Friedland and Associates and our friend Lee Friedland. So if you have any issues with auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, or personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida, give Lee a call 1 800 95 injured or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, 1 800 95 injured yourfighthourbattle.com. Let's get the elephant in the room, out of the room. Nicholas Delatore, please step up to the microphone. The individual who said that the University of Florida would sail right through their regional uh, Gators lose to USF 5-3 to three, and then lose <laughs> to South Alabama 19-1. to one. All Nick do is lie on this show. Nick, all you do is lie. I just ask you baseball stuff. I want to be confident with, like, you know what I'm saying, leaving this show. And, like, my man Nick gave me some good information. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be all right. And then I look at the timeline, and South Alabama's beating us like a like a drum. Yeah. that. Uh, oh, I mean, and then I've already been punished. It's like 14 to 1 or 15 to 1 in the seventh. Game's over. And then there's a two-hour rain delay. So, like, I don't need you guys to pile on. <laughs> I've I've served my prison sentence. I'm sitting there. Game's already over. Sky opens up, and we have to wait two hours to get you know, like the last six outs of a of a nothing game. Um, yeah, I think I think Florida packed it in. <clears throat> Lost on Friday night to USF. Um, they hit the ball really well to start. USF gets a lead, and then. Uh, you know, Florida comes back from that rain delay and just had nothing. And I think, you know, once they lost that game, packed it in. Uh, no energy in the dugout, no energy on the field on Saturday. Um, USA, South Alabama just jumped on them early and uh, nothing to go after that. So real big fizzle uh, to the 2021 season that started with Florida as the unanimous number one. And 
it's going to be funky. It's going to be a weird off season because of that one-time transfer rule. Um, in baseball, you really couldn't mess around like that. You'd get guys that would go juco because you can't really afford to sit out a year. So guys would go juco and then play and then maybe come back. But uh, the one-time transfer rule might might make this a weird off season for for college baseball. So I'm gonna have to figure that out. Stay tuned in with that. But yeah, it's a uh, no other way to no other way to put it out. I mean, Florida wins. 30-something games, uh, but it's a disappointing season and a, a real big disappointing end of the year. Nick, what happened? I know you said that they kind of mailed it in. Uh, was it the bats? Obviously, it was the pitching as well. Uh, but what what happened? Is it just a mentally weak team or? Um, on the entire season, though. Like, not just like this thing just has it's been like a yeah. team thing all season. So, like, we came in with some preseason hype and thought things were going to be good. And it, like, this was like a turn for, like, the opposite, when in the opposite direction, the shit show a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So I think at the beginning of the year, there's so many guys that are draft eligible. Um, and, and I think they drank their Kool-Aid a little bit early on mm. in the year. Mm. And then I mentioned it, um, Nick Pogue, who was probably their fourth, third or fourth best pitcher on the team. Um, Tara says UCL needs Tommy John. And I think a bunch of guys looked at that who were draft eligible as Nick was and think, don't need that to be me. Let's just get through, go through the motions, get through this year. Um, get to the draft. And then I think you had a bunch of guys who were probably just more concerned about the draft this year. It's, it's a strange year, um, you know, because the draft was only five, five rounds last year. So you had a bunch of guys who probably didn't even expect to be on the team this year who went undrafted last year, come back. Um, I just don't think the team is very close. You know, teams always talk about, you know, uh, great chemistry in the locker room or brothers. I don't think this team was ever really close. Um, with each other and uh, they certainly didn't play like it. Like when you see a pitcher come out of a game and everyone comes out of the dugout to greet him, whether he did well or did, or did poorly. If a guy makes an out, somebody greeting him at the top steps of the dugout, you just didn't really see that kind of stuff. That's just like normal team camaraderie things. Um, I, I, I don't know. There was just a bunch of guys who were, are going to get drafted. Like you're going to see the draft. There's going to be a bunch of guys from this team that we're saying was disappointing go on to play major league baseball or go go on to be professional baseball players. Like there's, you're going to see that there was talent um, just didn't put it together this year underperformed. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't have answers. Cause I mean, the only other thing I can think of is they were really good in 2019, but you never got to see them in sec play. And then the, the or 2020, sorry. And then the, the projections for 2021 are based off of winning your first 16 games starting starting the year 16 and one, but maybe they would have struggled in SEC play um, in, in 2020 because uh, it was basically the whole the same team back. So maybe we just saw this year what last year would have been if we would watch them play against Georgia and Vanderbilt and Kentucky and, and LSU and those teams. Hmm. Well, Nick, baseball prospects for next year. Um, who, who are we losing? I know that the recruiting. Let's ask somebody else. I don't think we should ask Nick. Yeah, that's true. We need to get another baseball guy. <laughs> yeah. We should get Hector uh, on, right, Nick? Yeah, um, we gotta bring Hector on. To, yeah, no. Silk's tired of my lies. Yeah, bro. Like, Silk, Silk's gonna to take me. over the baseball uh, prospectus movement. Yeah, my forward. dad listened to this show. And he was like, "Man, who's the new guy y'all got on there, man?" I'm like, "This Nick, he just be lying about baseball and stuff." He's like, "Yeah," because I, I watched the game. It got ugly. I was like, "Yeah, you can't trust him, man. You can't trust me." No, we can't. So uh, a, a good recruiting class coming in, I think top five, top 10. Uh, number couple one players. right now, but number that's, one. 
the, you know, you look at the, you look at the their top two players, Chase Petty, Andrew Painter, uh, probably going to be drafted. Jay Allen's a guy you guys probably know about because he plays football as well. He's rated the number 37 draft prospect, probably not going to make it to campus. So they always kind of have to recalibrate draft class or uh, recruiting classes after the uh, Major League Baseball draft signing period. So, so who leaves from from this group? Uh, Judd Fabian uh, gone. Is, is gone. Uh, who else is is gone? Uh, guys, I think they'll get drafted. Tommy Mace, Jack Leftwich, Judd Fabian, Nathan Hickey, Chris Armstrong, Franco Aleman, um, Christian Scott can get drafted. Um, guys that are gone because of eligibility: Kirby McMullen, Cal Greenfield, Brock Edge, Nick Lasucci, Trey Vanderweed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because of the one-time transfer rule, like I think like a guy like Ben Specht, who you would who was coming into the year you thought would be your setup guy or your closer. Didn't have a good year. Didn't get any innings or many innings after South Carolina. I think he could transfer. Corey Acton's a guy who's going into his fourth year. If he's not drafted, I think he, he could be a possible transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Roberts is a guy who's already in the transfer portal. He's been at Florida for two years. Uh, hasn't thrown an inning. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover uh, on, on the Florida roster. Um, you should get, you know, like Hunter Barco, Brandon Sprout, Tyler Nesbitt, Nick Pogue back um, in terms of pitching. And then you get your infield back with like Jordan Carrion, um, Josh Rivera, and Colby Halter, Matt Cassetti, the catcher. He'll be back. And um, Sterling, Sterling Thompson, Thompson in right field. He'll be back there as well. But a lot of movement, a lot of movement uh, this offseason. But, Nick, one of the things I just noticed is this is going to be the first time in what, eight or nine seasons the Florida Gators baseball team doesn't have a Kirby on their team. We have any Kirby's coming in. It's tragic. I've had a Kirby. So Kirby Sneed was a pitcher, a freshman, when I first started covering them. And then uh, he left, was drafted after his junior year. And um, Kirby McMullen just finished his fifth year because he was able to come back because of COVID. So all eight, this is my ninth year, I think. So eight of the eight of the nine years I've had a Kirby Jiff, and now I got nothing. So wow. I might just not cover baseball anymore. I might have just been uh, covering Kirby's, and that's it. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll find one in the transfer portal. Well, let's bring on let's bring on our friend uh, Connor Clark from Rivals.com. Uh, Connor, big recruiting weekend. A uh, bunch of names in town. Did you uh, give me a hair flip, bro? He sure did. <laughs> bro, he's a prima donna. I was sitting he's, out there in the he's heat GQ on Tuesday. And that. In the heat on Saturday, I needed him to come up. Needed him to come up and do these interviews for me. Instead, I was out there. We can't let you sit back and just watch baseball and get paid I mean, all the time. You I mean, lie to us work. about baseball. He just lies to us about baseball. That's all I mean, he does. I'm whatever. Let me get these lies off about recruiting then too. All right, sounds good. So, so Connor, break down the uh, the weekend for us. You had a couple good articles on Rivals.com, uh, but let, break down this uh, this past week uh, in Florida Gators recruiting. Um, yeah, huge, huge visit weekend for Florida. The biggest that they'll probably see the entire 2022 cycle. They had a lot of big time prospects on campus. Uh, the first official visit weekend since everything's opened back up. So huge for a lot of schools across the nation. But I think Florida might have had the most star studded list in probably the entire country with I think it was nine rivals 250 prospects on campus as well as other top targets. And for all intents and purposes, it sounds like they knocked it out of the park with just about every one of those prospects. And they're expecting a lot of them, even though they use their official visit in the summer to come back for an unofficial visit during the fall for some games. 
All right, Connor. Who uh, who do we leave this weekend with in in good uh, good shape with? Oh man, I think they improved their chances with everybody that stepped on campus this uh, this weekend. But to be a little bit more specific, uh, five star defensive tackle Walter Nolan from Tennessee played at IMG Academy a couple years ago. Uh, when he walked out of the official visit, he said Florida was in his top three. Uh, I know the only other school that I know that is guaranteed to be in that top three as well as Michigan. He does have a visit set there for a couple weeks from now, but Florida looks like they are the front runner after his official visit. Um, I know the timeline kind of got stirred up a bit when he tweeted out, he's ready to shut things down and make a commitment. Looks like his dad kind of told him to pump the brakes on that one. Uh, I think he's somebody though, that will take a few more visits in the month of June, maybe one or two in the month of July and you could see him come off the market in July or early August, and someone that I think Florida is going to have a very good shot to land throughout that entire process as long as they continue to stay active in his recruitment. Who lead, who, who's leading the way in that recruitment? I think Florida leads the way right now. No, like on, on our staff. Which, oh, which, that is a Dan Mullen and David Turner combination. Dan Mullen's been a lot more active in the 2022 class as far as – contacting recruits, being a part of that recruitment process and not just leaving it up to position coaches. So he's done an excellent job, both uh, continuing to stay in touch with all these recruits. And then once they get on campus, he's also a big part of their visit. Nice. So outside of Nolan, um, who else? I, I, what was the biggest buzz on campus? I'd say the person that I think they have the best shot of landing on that was on campus this weekend after the official visit would be Azaria Thomas, Rivals 100 mm. athlete. Uh, he's going to end up playing defensive back at Florida, whether it be corner or safety, I'm not sure. Um, but there's a lot of good buzz about that young man. Uh, I know Cam's real excited. He's from the Panhandle area. Mm. Um, but he's a fantastic prospect, about six foot two, six foot three, defensive back that turns it, flips his hips well and is just a yeah. great athlete. Um, he's a kid that I think you could see a commitment probably uh, again, J July or August timeframe. He's got a couple more official visits here in the month of June with uh, Georgia tech next weekend and LSU the weekend after that. But I think Florida uh, is going to be the, the front runner in that recruitment as of right now. And I think they could land a commitment if everything goes well. Now real quick, who leads the way in his recruitment? I like to like to keep a track of our recruiters and who's doing what so we know who's getting busy out here. So his so primary recruiter so is uh criticize him later, like people know why. <laughs> yeah, know? I got you. No, his primary recruiter is actually new cornerbacks coach Jules Montanai. <laughs> Jules. Bro, <laughs> that picture of Jew of Jules in the jersey. Yo, he's got some guns on him, man. Every day is arm day. He's got some Bro, guns on him. On. Hey, he committed though, so they Florida didn't leave the weekend uh, with a, without a commitment. He committed according oh, to that's, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the coaches putting on the uniforms. I wasn't a big fan of him doing that. It was hilarious with uh, what Gravon tweeted about taking his number off. But outside <laughs> of that, Jules' name is ringing bells, man. Um, that yeah, that hire was criticized. George right Jules. now. No, it wasn't. It, a lot of people, including myself, were a little bit skeptical of it. Um, I mean, we didn't know really much about the guy. We just knew he was a young guy, energetic guy. Um, and even early dividends were like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, right. But he's since landed Julian Humphrey, uh, Rivals 100 cornerback from the state of Texas. 
and also he's the got transfer, right. He yeah, uh, Jadarius Perkins, the transfer from Missouri, as well as he's got Florida in a very good spot for another Rivals 100 prospect in Azaria Thomas. So he's uh, he's quieting oh, some people you. quite a bit. I take that back. Corey Bell got the the, the transfer. That was more. Oh, did he? Okay. I take that back. Okay. Uh, Connor, I want to ask you about a few other names uh, from your article. Um, Isaiah Horton, uh, still a strong Gators lead wide receiver. Uh, touch us a little bit about him. And what's what's going on with, with him, and should Florida expect a commitment soon? Or and also, yes, hold on, real quick, more to that question because I know you may skip over it. But what's our wide receiver board? How many more are we going to take? Uh, what's the pecking order? Who are we going to take? Because there's a lot of big names on that board. And yeah, absolutely. I don't know how many spots we have. There's a lot of names on the board, a lot of big-time prospects, and Florida actually sits in a very good position for some of their top targets. Um, Dan, to answer your question, Isaiah Horton was on campus June 1st for an unofficial visit. Uh, He was at Tennessee this weekend for an official. He'll be in Miami this next weekend for an official. And he's somebody that Florida still leads the way for. Um, I don't think he's as high on the board as like an Evan Stewart or a Gentry Williams or a Jaden Gibson but he is a prospect that has a committable offer at this time. Now, if someone like Jaden Gibson decided to uh, pull the trigger early or someone like Evan Stewart decided to pull the trigger early, it could see Isaiah Horton slide down the list and maybe not have a committable offer later in the year. Um, But he is somebody that Florida likes right now and Florida sits in a great spot for. Um, And then, so to answer your question, the wide receiver board, like we already discussed, is super loaded. Evan Stewart, Gentry Williams, Jaden Gibson, Isaiah Horton, C.J. Smith, another Good Orlando problems. prospect. Good problems in the wide receiver. Room. And they're recruiting a lot of speed. Right. That seems to be an emphasis this cycle. You've got, you've already got Isaiah Bond on board who runs a 10-4. You've got C.J. Smith who's an Orlando wide receiver from Bishop Moore High School that runs a 10-2-8. Uh, I think Evan Stewart was clocked at like a 10-3 or a 10-4 in the Texas 100-meter finals. So they've got a lot of speed across the board and a lot of big-time prospects that they sit, like I said, in, in a very good position for at this time. One that um, that I know Corey, uh, Corey has been talking to a lot and talking and has written about a bunch, and I was able to talk to Jarrell Stinson um, from Auburn. Um, he's talking about the relationship with, with Crime Dog, obviously, you know, uh, being his position coach and was at Auburn, now at Florida. He's one, like, when you talk to somebody, um, no one's ever had a bad official visit. Like, you just had the red carpet rolled out for you. You were treated like a king. So, of course, you know, all those stories are just great because you got great quotes because everyone loved it. Um, but talking to him, just his reaction to me um, seemed different. And, and just being able to um, look at film with the coaches. And I think what Florida's coaching staff has done really well is a bunch of guys told me they had my film and then they showed – a certain play that we ran that was similar to something that we would do. Um, so credit to Florida's coaching staff, but Stinson was one that just asking him questions like his face lit up about everything at Florida. Um, and, and I think Florida probably because of crime dog um, is, is in a really good place for him in, in terms of his commitment and, or his recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a kid that Corey and myself both had on commitment watch when they were going into this visit. Like you said, he's an Auburn commit. He's been committed for quite a while, but the coach that he committed to at Auburn was Wesley McGriff. So now Wesley McGriff's at Florida. As soon as he got to Florida, he didn't waste any time offering the kid. 
So you know how much that says about how much he likes the kid. So, and he's another track guy. I think he's a 10, five or a 10, 600 meter kid as well. Um, he's a little on the shorter side. He's about five eleven, five ten. I don't know. You got to see him in person, Nick. You tell me how tall uh, how tall was he when he was standing uh, next to you? We'll go with five eleven because I'm five ten and he he had me by a little bit. It might okay. have been the hair though. He, he's it might have been foot, the hair. Six foot with the hair. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, so he's a is another outstanding athlete, and he's been he hasn't been shy when talking to people saying that Florida is the school recruiting him the hardest, uh, and that's got a lot to do with Wesley McGriff or. Coach Crime, as all the kids like to call him. Um, so he's a kid that's told, I, I think he spoke to you, said he's got a, uh, a tough decision to make over the next couple weeks because he likes the Auburn commitment. Auburn's close to home, but he hasn't really vibed as well with the current Auburn staff as he does with the staff at Florida. And that's another one. Dan Mullen's also been a big portion of his recruitment as well. Um, I think that he's a kid that okay, in the next okay, couple okay. weeks does make that uh, make that flip to Florida. He uh, he threw some shade. He was like, "Yeah, Florida." He's like, "I think he literally said that it was a good a good thing that they changed the coaches. Florida wasn't giving him any love before, and he's like, now Florida's giving me a ton of love. Obviously, he's going to go take a visit to UCF as well. That's mm-hmm. you know Gus and the staff down there. Um, I just think, I mean, that would be a steal." Well, he's, for, he's for a not the player for UCF. He's not the only one that mentioned that about Florida making a change in the coaching staff as well. Um, Kamari Wilson was on campus as an unofficial visitor on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke. I actually wrote about him today uh, in my latest article where he said the previous safeties coach didn't really recruit him very well. Number two safety in the country on rivals from mm-hmm. the state of Florida, whether he's at IMG Academy or not, he's from Fort Pierce. He's a kid that you have to at least make a run at. And it, from what he told us, he was not not heavily recruited by Ron English at Florida. Now, that's changed a lot since Crime Dog or Wesley McGriff, whatever the heck anybody wants to call him, um, has been at Florida. He's gotten a lot more communication. Dan Mullins also talked to him a lot more since then. So that's another one of those where kind of the staff changes and turning things over has helped Florida out recruiting. Let's see. Uh, Michael Williams, or is it Mikel Williams, number one Mikhail. defensive end? Mikel. Uh, Mikel, uh, number one defensive end in the country, made it to campus. Where, where does Florida stand with him? Florida definitely improved their chances uh, with him coming on campus, but that's still a kid that I think is Georgia's to lose. Uh, Five star kid from the state of Georgia, defensive line. Kirby doesn't miss on those very often. Um, Georgia has been the front runner. I know USC is also another school that he's very high on. Um, but Florida definitely helped themselves out after this visit because he does plan on coming back for a game from what I understand. Perfect. And I know you mentioned his name already. Jaden Gibson moved up his decision timeline uh, to July or so. Uh, Florida's still standing in a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, I think Florida's the, the odds-on favorite to land Jaden Gibson, regardless of what happens at these next few official visits. I think he's at South Carolina right now. Uh, he's got a couple more visits that he's going to take before the month of June is over. Um, and then he'll be back at Florida, I think, either late June or early July, and then should make a commitment shortly after that. Perfect. Uh, it seems like Nick Evers is a guy that's a, kind of a dog in the recruiting uh, process. Obviously, a, a quarterback commit. Uh, a lot of players like to follow quarterbacks. Uh, what is it? Talk to us a little bit about Nick Evers' personality and, and who he is as a, as a prospect. His personality can be described in one word, alpha. 
Yeah. He's, he's just one of those kids. Uh, it's not often when you find somebody as charismatic and, and well-received as a kid like Nick Evers. Derek Wingo was one of them a couple years ago for Florida's class. Just has that alpha dog mentality. Um, and other kids gravitate towards it. Nick Evers is exactly that guy. And it also helps when the guy that has that mentality is the quarterback. Typically, the quarterback is the leader of the class uh, and also the leader of the football team once you get to get to campus. So he's one of those kids that everybody likes talking to. Jaden Gibson uh, is one of somebody that spoke to him on June 1st, spent a lot of time with him, ever spent a lot of time with Evan Stewart, Gentry Williams, Isaiah Bond, Tyler Booker. He was all over the place this weekend uh, with the official visit prospects and Every one of them had nothing but great things to say about Nick. And speaking to Nick myself, you can really just see how great of a kid he is. He's such a smart, articulate young man that does a great job of communicating and just letting you know how, how important the University of Florida is to him and how it can help change but not just uh, you on the football field but also as a student. Let's see, Connor, just want to go through some other names here. Uh, also visiting was Rivals 100 offensive – or uh, offensive. Wow, outside linebacker Ine White, uh, Anai White, Gentry Williams, Marvin Jones, Evan Stewart, Tyler Booker, Omarion Hampton, Jihad Campbell, Chris McClellan, uh, Jamari Lyons, Isaiah Bond, Nick Evers, and Jarrell Stinson, who we've mentioned. So definitely a star-studded week. Uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks, you have names like uh, Jaleel Skinner, Addison Nichols, Terrence Books, Brooks, pardon me, Julian Humphrey, Oscar Delp. Um, what do the next few weeks look like for Florida, and how many commitments do you think that Florida might end up after the end of June with? So as far as the next couple of weeks, like you said, there are a bunch of good uh, big-time prospects that will be on campus. Not quite as busy a weekend as it was this last weekend. That was Florida's really big blowout weekend. Um, but you've got big-time prospects that will be there for the remainder of the month. I think Florida could close out the month with probably a couple more commitments um, as far as the overall class. I don't know that you're going to see a lot of these kids – commit before the July, August timeframe, because a lot of them want to continue to take their official visits. Um, but I think you could see someone like, like a Terrence Gibbs, who's, who's going to be officially visiting Florida at the end of Jan at the end of June. I'm sorry. Um, I think you could see him commit on his visit because he's got a couple visits before Florida, which will be his last one of the month. Um, but as far as that goes, I think you'll see more commitments come the July, August timeframe, just before these kids get ready to start their senior football seasons. Were you surprised that nobody committed this week? I was a little bit surprised that Stinson uh, didn't make it official um, and make a flip Sunday or today. Um, typically, as far as the first official visit weekend going, especially after a 15-month layoff where you couldn't visit anything, I didn't think a lot, of a lot of kids would make commitments the first weekend of June. Um, but Stinson did surprise me when he, he said he's going to wait a couple more weeks to, to make a decision. Well, perfect. Silk, so, Nick, any more questions before we wrap up our recruiting segment? So who do you think next pops Gibbs? Uh, if Stinson does do it within the next couple weeks, I think he's the next one. 
Um, okay. But if he does not do it before the end of June, I do think Gibbs is the next person. Yes. Like it. Like it. Connor, give us your uh, your prediction. Where does the, the Florida Gators class? Hold on, real quick. Land. Before we do okay. that, let's, oh, uh, what's what's our good. camp updates? Do we have any uh, Friday Night Lights updates or any um, anything I could pop pop up with the kid? Um, so Florida has their elite one day camp in June at the end of June, June twenty fifth. I have been told that Friday Night Lights is going to happen this year. I do not have a set date for it, uh, but as history shows us, it's usually the last week, last Friday in July. So it'll probably be somewhere between like the 20th or later at the end of July. Very good. 23rd probably, huh? That's probably my birthday. Is that? It's usually the Friday of my birthday. Oh, is that what it is? So I guess you're celebrating in Gainesville on Friday and then coming back for the party on Saturday. Cush house, baby. You know the vibes, man. We can go (laughs) watch some great athletes throw the ball around, pitch it around, then we'll come back out and, you know, do it. Are you in town for that for us, Connor? Yes, I'll be up in town for Friday Night Lights. Beautiful. Nice. You got, tired of, having, you got tired of having to do interviews, Nick? We dare, Dave. <laughs> I'm just trying to see how many people we'll have in town if I can stay at home. They one smell, they one, week, smell one cologne, weekend man. of interviewing high school right. kids, and Nick's, Nick's like, I'm done. Bro, I've, been, I've, I've put nine years of these high school interviews in. Told the me my, girl, my girlfriend was like, oh, you're going to stock high school boys today? I was like, oh, already. <laughs> oh, already. I'll be there all day. All right. Did you give so them the latte? Because I'm still waiting on mine. Yours Ooh. ain't coming. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you right before Friday Night Lights. Don't need the caffeine. <laughs> Silk and I will uh, make our appearance, walk around on the field a bit, chop it up a bit, and then uh, we'll meet hey, you guys at the bar. Last time we hit after. the bar. Yeah, last time we hit the bar, <laughs> and it, got, it got weird, man. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had ourselves a time last time, so yeah. – we might we'll have to be walk part around, two this like time. walk around, show off the superstar status, then leave. You know, fashionably late to show up. Fashionably, nah, early I don't know to if I'm the boy. I got to bring the kid, man. He wants to. He's a football player now, so he wants to check out the scenes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to find a a, a kid friendly bar. Miller's Ale House. What's up, hey Connery? Appreciate you coming on as always, my friend. Uh, remind everybody where they can follow you on social media and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so Twitter, CJ underscore Clark1, uh, right for Gators Territory uh, with Nick and Corey and all the group. So that's about it. All right, Connor. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. I promise you we'll do a facts-only show uh, in the uh, near future. Yeah, it's all good, maybe man. We'll, I appreciate you. Let's do a live one. one. Let's do a live one. That's what I'm saying. We'll, 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 we'll have uh, we'll we'll bring bring White Buffalo. Yeah. Friday night lights. Let me holler. Let me holler. Yeah. Eric, what's up? We can do some Friday yeah. night lights. Pull yeah, up. Yeah, there you go. We'll pop-up. have a Harlem at the White Buffalo. I love it. Yeah, it's a family. <laughs> it's a family establishment. That's right. Definitely a family establishment. That's right. We'll put one up in the air for Harlem. All right, boys. <laughs> uh, Connor, we appreciate your time, my friend. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good night. All right. Connor Clark, Rivals.com. Let's get on to an exciting interview that I know that we are all excited for. That is Quincy Avery, uh, quarterback coach, quarterback guru. But let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier. So if you need a new roof or if your roof is leaking or if your insurance company is making replace your roof, uh, it is hurricane season officially. There's already something brewing uh, in the Caribbean. So give them a call at one eight seven seven roofs fl 877-766-3735. 
Mention Stadium and Gale, you'll get $1,000 off any roof replacement. Again, RoofSoldier.com, one roofs fl Let's get to Quincy Avery. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the very first time on Stadium and Gale is one of the best quarterback coaches in all of the land, and it is his birthday today. So happy birthday to Quincy Avery. How are you doing this evening, my friend? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Good, man. Good. It's, How are you it's guys? A, it's a, it, it is a pleasure to have you on. For, for those that don't know, Quincy is one of the top quarterback coaches uh, in America, uh, according to his website, uh, over $13.5 million worth of uh, quarterback scholarship offers granted, 140 Division One and Division Two scholarships, and he's coached the like of Deshaun Watson, Josh Dobbs, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and, of course, Florida Gators' own Emory Jones. So, Quincy, you've got a fascinating story, so I want to learn a little bit more about that before we dive into, into coaching. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you ultimately uh, landed in this spot. You want like the quick version? I can give you the quick version. Which will, there you um, go. Uh, son of a coach. My dad, um, I was always around football, played college football, got done, didn't have a job, drove across the country, went in UCLA's uh, office and just sat there until Rick Neuheisel agreed to let me volunteer there. So I lived in the locker room uh, for two years. Well, the first year I did it for free. The second year I got paid. Then coached a little bit of third year, got out of that, decided I wanted a private coach, drove to Atlanta, um, was living out of my car, Facebook messaging guys, and one of the first guys that I got um, was Josh Dobbs. So that's just betting on yourself right there. It's just like, hey, I want to do this, and, and what does it take to do it? It takes getting in a car and driving across the country um, and just refusing to refusing to hear no. Yeah, um, I, it's kind of one of the things that I talk to about, uh, talk to my quarterbacks about all the time. Like, don't tell me you want to do something, and then your actions aren't congruent with the thing that you're saying. So that's something I don't. I'm like really not here for. Like, if you say you want to do something, like let's figure out a way to get it done, um, and we can do that. Because everyone wants that the Sunday glory, the Saturday glory, but it's like, hey, there's a a plan to put you and prepare you for that. And are you willing to do that? You know, the ladders on Monday at 5 a.m. And are you willing to go and, and throw on Tuesday after practice, after you're tired? Uh, Cause that's their stuff that goes into it. Yeah. I think people think that these guys just become some of the most successful quarterbacks in the country uh, by osmosis, but there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into all the things that we don't see that allow them to be as great as they are. So, so Quincy, I want to ask you how did you how did you go from UCLA to Josh Dobbs to ultimately coaching you know the likes of a Deshaun Watson and a Justin Fields? Um, how how did that that climb grow for you? Yeah, so being having Josh as my first client was really helpful. Like he was really good when I met him, and then he t- kind of took off um, and got a bunch of offers. And then at that time, there was less less people in the space, so. I, I was able to carve out a, a real niche in Atlanta market. Um, we've been six, fortunate enough to have some really good quarterbacks coming through Atlanta. Um, I remember the day that Emory Jones' mom emailed me. He was in seventh seventh grade, um, and Trina emailed me. 
Um, nice. And and we kind of been me and him been rolling ever since. And that that's basically been the story with a lot of my guys. So obviously, I mean, in in that kind of line of work, it, it you know, uh, I guess word of mouth is probably the best the, the best form of advertising. And, and you work with Josh, and people see that, and he tells someone, "Hey, I'm working with Quincy." Um, and, and so you just said you got to a point where people start reaching out to you. Um, Emery Jones' mom reaches out to you. When did when did I guess how long did it take from starting your own that, private yeah. business to to that point? Uh, well, Emery was was quicker. He was like one or two years in. Like probably one of the real tipping points for me in my career was um, after Jai, I was working with Jai, and we were basically worked together every day. I went to one of his baseball games. At the conclusion of his baseball game, we ran over to Nike Elite Eleven camp. I happened to see Trent Dilfer, um, and they just talked about all the things that Josh did really well because he just made the Elite 11 the year mm-hmm. before. They wanted me to go out for an interview, so I interviewed at Ohio State. Essentially, interview. They had all the quarterback coaches from across the country, like all the big-name guys, and was fortunate enough to get on Elite 11, and then Elite 11 really allowed me the opportunity for, for my career to take off. Quincy, I want to I want to learn a little bit more about how you you train a quarterback. Um, I know that there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, mentally, mentally, physically, uh, if you take on a new quarterback uh, into your program, what are the first couple of things that that you do uh, to to start as a baseline? And then, you know, how much work do you do? How much work is is take home work? But I guess just talk to me a little bit about your program. Yeah, it really depends on what age or what level I get the client at, right? So if I get a client who is in college, right? I know that he at least knows how to throw. Like we'll see him throw and then we'll start tinkering from there. The The real thing that I want to establish really quickly or really early on is like how mentally tough is a quarterback. So I'll make him do like something pretty tough the first day. And it might be too difficult for them to do it, but I just want to see where they're at in terms of their mentality. Like how, how important is it to them to do the things that we're asking? Um, and then we can really go from there. Uh, but everybody's, you know, different levels. So if I get a seventh grader, eighth grader, I just want to see him throw first and figure out how I can fix that, and then and then keep rolling from there. You you speaking about uh, the psyche and whatnot? How much uh, development do you do of like just the uh, just being young men? Um, you working with a lot of young brothers that are in college, high school, and I think uh, just shaping and molding them is important as well. How much uh, mentorship do you do outside of just quarterback technique and in football? I mean, I, I would say a lot, but it doesn't. It's not like I have like a mentorship program. I just spend a lot of time around the guys that I work with. We're talking about a lot of things that aren't just football. Right. Um, we're talking about you know they're like how they're dealing with all sorts of life. Um, because it's the most important thing to me is these guys knowing that I I care about them as people, right? And after they really understand that, that'll allow you to be become a better coach. Gotcha. I agree. Uh, Quincy, want to want to talk to you about Emory Jones specifically. Obviously, mm-hmm. being a Florida Gators podcast, what are what are some of the things that that you've seen over Emory Jones' progression during his time at the University of Florida? Since obviously you've known him for for going on you know a decade now. Yeah, his his maturity. Right, I've seen him take tremendous strides there. Um, not that he ever wasn't like a hard worker or anything like that, because this is a kid who would drive an hour and forty five minutes to me and then our 45 minutes home twice a week um, growing up. But he understands now what it takes to be a leader of a major college football program. Like, I don't think people know, like, 
how mentally tough you got to be to see all your friends, guys you work out with, guys you train with, start getting their cracks early, getting on the field, going to the NFL, like getting all those things. And Emory just kept his head down and stayed dedicated. There's been so many people who have called me like, oh, you guys think Emory would want to transfer? You think Emory's like, no, I, I want to be here. Um, I'm getting developed the right way. And, and when it's my time, I'm going to be successful. So that takes that takes a lot for, for somebody that young to have that level of perspective because we, we see it now how all the other, you know, college quarterbacks, like any adversity that hits them, oftentimes they run, right? They get right out of there. But that um, that's not Emory. Um, and I think that his time at Florida has really allowed him to develop as a man. And he's just a – when I think when people see him this year, they're going to be like, wow, not only is he a great person, but this dude can freaking ball. Like Emory Jones can do everything that you would want a quarterback to do in 2021. How much what? do you have to talk to him about that just – you know, uh, like you, like you said, uh, like the guys that came in in your recruiting class, whether it's a receiver or a linebacker, whoever, getting to play right away, and you're the quarterback. There's only one guy on the field. It's not like receiver or or a corner where guys you can play four or five at a time. How hard was that just to stay mentally active as you know you're essentially taking a redshirt year or, or or you know sitting behind other guys? Yeah, I mean, at first we had those conversations like his first year um, mm-hmm. when he was redshirting, and then. Early on, like when he was behind Felipe and Kyle, but he didn't really need those talks anymore. Like he understood what was going on. I think he has a really good understanding that this is his team now. Like, and he's earned that right to go in there and be the leader of a football team. And um, he's someone who earlier in the early stages needed those talks. Mm-hmm. Um, as he continued to mature, he did. Real quick. A lot of the fans, you just see – I don't know how people get all these quarterback takes because the, the, the limited film he does have, he shined in, I thought. Um, of course, no no quarterback's perfect. But what do you think about his intermediate uh, throws and accuracy? Do you um, Are you concerned about that? Is that something you guys are working on? Nah, and I'm not concerned about that at all. Um, those, I mean, I think that a lot of times people say stuff and they aren't exactly aware of all the things that are going on. Like, um, so no, nah, it's not something that I'm particularly worried about. I know that he'll be fine doing all that. So you buying this Heisman hype? We got a lot of Heisman hype around Emory. Um, people saying he could be one and done and out of here. I know Dan Mullen gonna have the packages and put him in the right position to win. Um, how you feel about the Heisman hype? Uh, you know, I, I think Emory's gonna be tremendous. I don't know how much, honestly, how much talent is still because I, I, I don't like stay. Mm. Uh, super up to date with the Florida roster. Like, I just don't know what he has around him. I know that he lost th- three really, really good weapons on the offensive side of the ball last year. So if they have the ability to reload and make sure they have guys around him who can help and they can win games, um, I think he has as good a chance as anybody to be in the Heisman discussion. Uh, Quincy, one of the things that is kind of a prevailing uh, theme on this show that we've talked to a lot of you know coaches and players about um, is the idea of diversifying your uh, what sports you play growing up and everything else. Is that something that you advocate? I mean, you, you said that you got Emory Jones as a seventh grader. Obviously, that's right about the you know age when when people really decide uh, what sports they want to do, maybe taking it to the next level, but you, do you encourage athletes to, to be multi-sport athletes or, or do you like them to kind of hone in? No, a thousand percent. Like if I think you're missing out, if you're not, if you're not playing multiple sports, if you're not competing, like you're just learning how to move. 
I think if you train as a quarterback all year round nonstop, then you're going to create some real deficiencies um, and you're not going to get the reps of doing other things and just competing and learning how to interact with people and learning how to not make, possibly not be the best guy on the field, right? Because mm. all these guys who are top guys, they're usually the best quarterback, but they might not be the best guy on the basketball team and they might not be the best guy on the baseball team. So they get to learn an interesting dynamic that they're going to need to take with them as they do become a leader of a team. How do you bring along that 115th guy in the locker room? Um, how do you empathize with him? Because now you've, you've been in positions where you want um, the guy. Right. Oh, I like that. Um, how do you, a guy that that's not on the field, like Emory, you say he was sitting his freshman year. Well, we all know he was sitting his freshman year, but how do you fine tune his skills? Like, do you uh, normally go and check if it's a starter? Do you break down their starting film account and work on the game from there? Um, what's your, 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 your strategy or how you approach uh, kids like that that are not on the field playing? Me and Brian Johnson have a really good relationship. So me and him used to talk all the time. He'd talk about things that he wanted Emory to improve on or what he wanted him to work on in the in in our time together. So we'd always have those those conversations that would be very deliberate in terms of exactly what it was he was working on. And then Emory would show me little practice clips and things like that. So nice. I give him enough opportunity to see things or hear things and speak with people about things that he can work on and things that he, he needs to continue to develop. Cool. Uh, Quincy, what's the, the one underrated skill set um, that we don't as, as fans or as people that aren't as tightly, you know, um, honed in on it? What, what's one underrated uh, skill that, that quarterbacks have to have to be successful? They got to be mentally tough. Yeah. Um, you got to be able to deal with some adversity because something bad is going to happen for sure. You're going to throw an interception. Um, you could lose a game. Like You throw an interception that costs your team a game. Right, and how are you going to bounce back from that? How are you going to own it? How are you going to be mentally tough to just get to the next play? Um, and if you don't do that, then being successful is not uh, something that's going to be in your cards. You obviously need you know physical tools uh, and ability, but would you say that just that mental aspect is even more important than you know being able to throw a ball ninety yards? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to reach like a baseline level of right. talent to play at every level. And I think every level that's a little bit higher, but. Once you reach that, I think the things that are more important are how you process information, how mentally tough are you, how you can get to the next play. Um, of course, I want to say, like, yeah, throwing is the most important thing because that's the thing that I work on the most. Mm -hmm. But but I know that I could I got guys who are with me who can throw better than everybody else but won't be as talented on the games, uh, in-game situations because they don't have all the other all the other mental makeup. Each level you get to, the higher level, that that difference between first string, second string, or the great quarterback and 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 a not great quarterback is just smaller and smaller as you get up. So I think that's where that mental side, how you handle adversity, how you process information, like you said, kind of starts separating guys. Hundred percent. Uh, who's your biggest flex so far? You got any pro guys, pro guys you work with that that uh, that kind of? Uh, man, I got a host. Took, took you by I got a. He's got a squad. Sean, Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Tyron hmm. Taylor, Ben DiNucci, Josh Dobbs, Dwayne Haskins. I'm just curious. You, I mean, really, I work really with a lot of pro guys. Essentially, all young pro guys, at one point, I've at least been on the field and talked to them or helped them out um, with something. So, uh, Guys like Justin Fields, when they were, when they were dropping in the draft after having such productive careers, 
Like how do, how does that uh how does that play out in your mind or how do you communicate with the athletes with that type of stuff in the, in the combine and draft process? Guess there's something you didn't do that needed to be better. Like we don't we don't really frown on anything. It's like what did did they think it was good enough or not? You know what I'm saying? Like we can't control all those variables. Like obviously there's something that you need to do better so you can show them when you get to the NFL. That's really all I'm telling them because where you get drafted doesn't matter. How you how you perform when you get to the NFL, that's what matters. Okay, real quick, last question, man. You got to do a funny one in here. Uh, do you ever work with brooms like Whitfield? Nah, I don't work with brooms like my dog, G. Wick. <laughs> uh, not my style. How's he doing, man? I haven't seen him on the streets. He was hot for a little minute at a time. I haven't seen him around. Is he still in the business? I'm not really sure. I think so. I mean, I talked to him. He, he does some quarterback stuff, so I would say, yeah, he's in the business. All right, that's what's up, man. I appreciate you for hanging out with us, Quincy. No, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me on. You have a going, man, and happy birthday. I appreciate it, guys. Enjoy your birthday, birthday, bro. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. That's a fire shoe collection behind that, brother. I I was trying to peep game. Um, Tried to throw out out my flex. I got a pair of Travis Scott's, and he was like, oh, yeah, they're in there somewhere. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm out. (laughs) Okay. You should have tried tried to flex. She was I flex tried. Here. I tried your sock collection. He just, he just, he just flicked. He just flicked my bicep. It was gone. Now you got to flex your sock collection. I haven't gotten new socks in a while. We haven't, Same. we haven't done that. I mean, COVID, COVID. You know, the whole sock game. COVID kind of shut down because uh, I was really the only one traveling and going to all the games. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so taking on your socks. Who was you? Who Appleberry? Who was all the slot gang guys, bro? So it, it was me, and it, it was just something that I like to do. Um, and then Zach, oh man, I was I, it, it was a tough scene for Zach. Zach shows up with like a Walmart four pack pair of socks, oh, and he pulls his, he pulls his pant leg up. He goes, "Look what I got!" And I look at him. I'm like, "What is that? What are you wearing?" <laughs> he was like, "I got the sock game." I'm like, "No, man, that's not what it." I was like. I'm like, come on, man! I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put you on some games. It, it, it's got better, it's got better. But I mean, I was buying. It, it also got out of control once. Once it became like me versus Zach, I'm like buying a pair of socks because there's a game Saturday. Like I started buying socks. No, I peep, I peep game, Nick. Everybody stopped the sock game when McIlwain came around with the no socks and the goddamn boat shoes. Man, everybody just that, stopped wearing that's socks. The that's not the me. Vibe. No, not me. I, I, I kept my it. socks on. Kept my socks on. <laughs> The vibe is always no shoe, no socks with your shoes. You see what I'm saying? No, not me. I don't like that look. I mean, I, I don't not like the look. I don't like it for me. No, I like the look if I got on shorts. Uh, depending on the pants as well. So if my britches are hemmed a little and I'm a little in the water, if that's the style I'm looking for, I'm going to go sockless. I don't want any weird socks. I want to, you know. See, to me, the sock Raw is a statement. It. So the sock is a statement. I'm not going to wear, you know, low socks with, with shorts. But if I'm wearing slacks. Dress shoes. I gotta have a sock that. Uh, well, that yeah, obviously. Yeah, you there, there's a time and a place for everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can't have your penny loafers with no socks. Nick's gonna know. get married and wear a tuxedo with no socks. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. crazy know, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the style by the, by 2047 when I get married. I will let your uh, girlfriend know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there were no, there were no dress socks at uh, the disco on Sunday, were there, Dan? There was that was uh, Sunday at the disco, and no, there was no socks at the disco on Sunday. No socks, no morals. No, can you uh. see what I mean? 
Yeah. Now you're going to have my mom asking questions again about what's uh, loyal listener what, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. A shout out, shout out to mama. Uh, I'll see her this weekend at the old family reunion. No discos um, this weekend. Shout out to mama Thompson, man. Mama Thompson. All right, boys, let's get into Gator news of the week. And this segment of Gator News of the Week is sponsored by our friend Carlton Black with Cardinal Financial. If you are in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Virginia, give Carlton a call. If you are looking for a new home loan, a conventional loan, FHA loan, VA loan, fixed rate loan, adjustable rate mortgage, uh, potentially a construction loan or a refinance uh, of your current loan, give him a call at 404-769-5501 carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Again, 404-769-5501 or carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. In this week's Gator News of the Week, Jackson Coer, a good friend of our friend Nicholas Del Torre here, made his Major League Baseball debut today. Uh, Nick, has that already happened or is that tonight? That's uh, 9.38 Eastern time, he will be uh, making his debut. Crazy, because Brady Singer pitched yesterday. So uh, his teammate, and they used to pitch Friday and Saturday uh, at Florida. So his first first major league pitching performance will feel a lot like college pitching the day after Brady. That's great. Uh, Shout out to Jackson Coer. I believe he was the AAA pitcher of the month of May. So good luck and congratulations to Jackson Coer. Uh, former Florida defensive tackle and Stadium Gale alum Brad Culpepper and former running back Eric Rett uh, were among 78 players that are named to the 2022 College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, voting happens shortly, uh, and we wish them both good luck there. And men's golf, a name you've heard a lot of, Ricky Castillo finished 12th in the NCAA championship, going even par uh, after four rounds. So congratulations to him. In women's soccer, Sandy Davison and Kyle Venter were named the Gators uh, assistant coaches this season. Both are joining uh, the Gators staff after serving under their new head coach uh, from the University of Arizona. So welcome to Gator Nation, Sandy Davison and Kyle Venter. In men's tennis, Florida Sam Rafis and Duarte Vale were named 2021 ITA All-Americans. And in women's tennis, McCartney Kessler and Marley Zane were also named ITA All-Americans as well. So congratulations to all of those involved. And that wraps up this week's Gator News of the Week. Shout out to the great folks at Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to to the keys, my man Greg got you. Home, auto, life insurance, renter's insurance, homeowner's insurance. Did I say that already? I probably did. Uh, Any financial (laughs) services that you may need, my man Greg got you. Visit bruntinsurance.com or call 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. You know the vibes, man. My man Greg holding it down. Absolutely. I had to to call Greg uh, to to upgrade some the Kush House insurance, the studio insurance uh, for some equipment this past weekend. Quick process. Very quick. Great staff over there. Greg's got you. Best prices in all the land. He saved me literally thousands of dollars. So 
Shout out to Greg Brunt. Yeah, if you just feel like saving some money, give Greg a call. I promise you, you'll save some money. Yeah, and it's free. It's all contingent, right? So right. Uh, it, maybe you like where you're at. Maybe you think you've got the, the best rates in all the land. And hey, maybe you do. But give Greg a call and uh, just see, right? There's no cost to you unless you switch. And uh, I promise you that he will likely find ways for you to save a bunch of money, especially going into hurricane season. Don't want a hurricane to come through. Take all your blungs away. Give shout out to Greg. Uh, all right, guys. So 247 Sports came out with a football recruiting development NFL draft pick uh, rating system. Uh, they had Florida number two overall in terms of prospect development. Uh, but one thing that I noticed is that Florida had the number one overall percentage of players uh, that committed from the top 247 that ended up being drafted with 69% of the players. Nice. Nice. Uh, that were that were uh, top two, four, and seven players that went to UF drafted. So, uh, are you guys surprised by that? Uh, again, this study ran from 2012 to 2017, uh, so those five years. But were you guys surprised about that? No, nah, I think like just like looking at football without looking at all those nerdy numbers. I think that Mullen gets the most out of his talent, um, like around the country. I think he does get a lot of, out of his roster. So I'm not surprised by that. But well, what was the, imagine, what was the time if, imagine if he was that? getting five stars in, in, with that hit rate, you know? I think if you got five stars, he's taking like he, – he's not getting the guys that Bama's getting. So if he could get the, the higher recruited guys, I think that number would go up even higher. Well, what was the time frame on that list, Dan? Because I don't think it was – you said from 2013. Those That's like must-champ guys. Yeah, so 2013 to 2017 – uh, so that would include some of the players from the class of 2017 that were also a part of the University of Florida's program when Dan Mullen did take over. Uh, there's a list that I'm pulling up. So those that were drafted uh, under Dan Mullen's tutelage that were from that time frame would have been Jordan Scarlett, Jabari Zuniga, Tyree Cleveland, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Freddie Swain, uh, LaMichael Pirine, Voshan Joseph, Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle, Stone Forsyth, uh, Ja'Kai Polite, and Kyle Trask. So a lot of those guys, while, yes, committed to uh, to uh, Will Muschamp or uh, not Will Muschamp at that point, uh, Jim McElwain, uh, ultimately a lot of their development is still owed to to Dan Mullen. wasn't like trying to call Silk out on that because I, no, no. I agree with him. I just I, I didn't know what yeah, I had. I mean, we, didn't, we had no offense. A lot of like, like, like we saw this past draft, how many offensive guys <laughs> yeah. that went. Uh, we, we didn't have an offense until he came back. So we just seeing like when Dan showed up, I didn't think we had offensive weapons to do what we did year one when he got here. Um, we started seeing we started seeing players like Scarlett and, and, and other players get developed and starting to show that they can make some plays on offense. Even Felipe got better. You know, he looked like a functional quarterback. Uh, the last staff, it, it didn't look like he could even play the position in the SEC. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a big change in, in like everything when, when once he got here. Before that hit rate, that percentage is largely defensive players, right? From from McElwain's uh, regime and Muschamp's regime. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. I, I was surprised to see that they high that they had the highest hit rate in college football, though at 69. percent um, even though players that are in the top two, four, seven are historically a lot more likely to get drafted than players that aren't or in any top 250 or whatever mm -hmm. ranking system you want to look at, uh, the percentage of two, four, seven 
you know, top players to draft that I think is, is pretty incredible uh, for Florida overall and shows that they, they do develop talent. Well, now it's a matter of just putting it all together. You have a historically good offense. You kind of have a historically bad defense. Now if you can kind of put it all together, you know, it shows that Florida can develop. It's, I think we need to hang out at the top end of uh, the very top of that two, four, seven guys that we're getting though. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference in winning championship. We're developing guys, but we're not getting the the the, the upper echelon guys. And I think that's the biggest difference. We just need to recruit a little better. Yeah, so you make a good point there. Alabama had 61 players during that time frame uh, committed uh, that were top two, four, seven players. Ohio State had 51. Uh, LSU had 42. You know, what's the common theme there? You know, they've all won national championships uh, over the last few years. So, you know, Florida is going to have to recruit better. Uh, they're going to have to continue to develop. Like you said, Silk, a little bit earlier ago, you know, imagine if Florida was getting a lot more of these four and five star and top 247 or top 250 on rivals right. players and able to develop them. I mean, Florida could then go from from good to very good to, to very good to, to great and competing right. consistently. He gets the best out of his players. I think he pulls all the potential out of these guys. You know what I'm saying? I just think, imagine pulling the potential out of a, a first round, a lot of first round draft picks instead of like a couple, you know, and that's the difference right now. But I like, I like what recruiting sound lately. Lately they've been sounding all right. We'll see what's up. Yep. Yep. So uh, interesting study that's on 247 Sports. Uh, and uh, you can read that. It's called Development Rating 2021, a five year deep dive into Who which programs. That? develop elite talent. Uh, some guy named Chris Hummer. Um, it, it's a name that I haven't heard. That's a long form article. Probably take you 10, 15 minutes to read, uh, but, but fascinating insight in uh, good um, analysis uh, overall on just the college football landscape. It goes uh, into the whole of the uh, FBS there. Um, okay. Let's get into a little buy or sell action. What do you guys think? Let's do it. I got time. All right. All right. So Silk. Sell. The Florida Gators have a running back that gets over a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, I'm selling that. Yeah, I, I think there's just, I think there's just too many mouths to feed there. You're gonna have a quarterback running. You've got you know five different five different guys that could carry the ball. I think there's just too much sharing. You might get you know you might rush for 2,700 yards and, and not have anyone rush for you know rush for a thousand. Yep, they, the closest the Gators have been in the last five years was Jordan Scarlett's 889. Last year, Damian Pierce had 503. Uh, the year before, Michael P. Ryan had 676. So Didn't it's Kevin Taylor have since a Kelvin Taylor's. Yeah. yeah, in June 2015. Uh, so that was the last 1,000-yard back since I think Seatric Faison. Yep. If I, if I remember that, that fact correctly. So uh, I'm going to sell that as well. Um, buy or sell that the Gators pick up a commitment uh, between now and uh, this time next week in football. No, and next week. That's a tight window. That's tough because so the, the, you're riding the momentum. Like we, you just got out of the dead period, and like I said, no one's ever had a bad official visit. So Florida's riding hot now, but like all these kids are still going and taking other visits. So. It, you know, it's, you know, you talk to a kid and it's like, oh, what are you doing the rest of the month? They're like, oh, I'm going to Oregon. I'm going to Auburn. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Tallahassee. I'm going to just like, are you going to be at home at all? So uh, I'll sell getting a commitment this weekend because I think you would have to probably get 
somebody back on campus and you're going to get all these kids who are just, you know, went through your visit um, are about to go get that same treatment right. you know, at six different other schools before the month's over. Yeah. Um, I, if you gave me two weeks, I'd buy it. One week, one week's tough. Okay. But I only yeah, gave you a week. Yeah, I'm selling it. All right. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. I think the Gators are able to grab a, a commitment from somebody, whether it's a, a visit this weekend or maybe a, a Jalil Skinner or um, or Stinson. I'm party. Uh, Stinson from whoa, Auburn. Whoa, whoa, uh, I think whoa, the floor whoa. has a, a chance there. Not Jalil Skinner. I thought you said Stinson's timeline is like two weeks out, right? No? Maybe he I was, um, He was going to UCF right after. Um, right after we talked to him Saturday and, um, he had, he had all of his like officials and stuff. I think he had three set and then was going to take two. Um, he want, he said he wanted to be committed before his season, mm -hmm. um, before his season started, but I don't think he's, I think Florida was pushing to get him to commit or to flip on the trip and he didn't. And that's why I don't think it'll happen, you know, this week. Gotcha. Well, Nick, you talked to him, so you probably are a better guess than I, but I'm a betting man, so I already put my uh, my roll chips in. Dice, so you got to roll the dice somewhere. Uh, the Gators are going to have more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. Yeah, I'm Bye. buying that. Bye. For shizzle. All right. That was, uh, that was <laughs> easy. You sound like uh, Tiger Woods in the Chappelle, Chappelle. race draft. Yeah, for, for shizzle. Sure. For shizzle. For shizzle. <laughs> uh, the Gators um, will have a defensive performance that improves their uh, national rankings by more than 50 points or total 50 rankings. Uh, last season, the Florida Gators uh, football team total defense was ranked uh, number 83. So maybe we'll, we'll judge that uh, or change it a little bit. Do you think the Gators will have a defense that's at least 30 ranking points higher than last season? Yes. Top 50 defense then, basically? Yeah. yeah. Top 53. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that should be the goal of Florida. So I'll say I'll, – I'll buy, but, I mean, like, if, if Florida's 52, like, I don't think I'm, I'm top still – Top 30? Having, yeah, I think you've got to be a top 30 defense. I mean, with the with – the, I'm looking – I mean, with the talent you're pulling, with what you should be pulling in, um, Florida should be a top 30 defense every year. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think – you're not mad about being, like, the 30th-ranked defense, but I don't think – you know, like, if Florida – just to buy that and say, oh, right, Florida's got the 53rd-ranked defense, like, I don't think I would be – I'd probably be writing stories saying the defense, you know, still isn't good. The Gators yeah. would need to give up 78 less yards per game to be in the top 30 from last season. Let's let's talk about this too. Also, like I mean, Alabama they figured some things out later on in the year, but that was not like a Nick Saban defense. Maybe the game's just changing, and, yeah. and you're going to see you know defenses just getting torched on on a weekly basis. No, but we got torched more than everybody else, so that's why. We're <laughs> so I will say this: the like, that's a good take. Yeah, like offense is changing the game right now. But, that, like, but I mean, that's going to change. Every, if everyone still, gets torched, that means would, you know all the rankings are going to change. Yeah, but I want to get torched a lot less. You know, <laughs> so like, give me higher up in the rankings. I want to get touched, uh, torched less than maybe Tennessee, like the sorry teams. We're ranked way too low on our defense, bro. Mm -hmm. um, I hopefully these front four that we brought in, the two defensive tackles, uh, Gravon 
that front seven get going, then we can have something, man. But last year was not the vibes. Top 30 is is, is, is the minimum, in my opinion. We got to find us a DC. Wouldn't mind that. And then finally, the new Swamp Restaurant, which has been announced, is going to be over in the new Innovation District, is going to be as good and as fun as the old Swamp Restaurant. That's an Ari? What's going on? Nope. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Stoke. What's up? Will it be as fun? Oh, no. Nah, I'm pretty sure it won't. There's no way, right? There's no way, and this is why, Dan. Because they're not a sponsor or a podcast. We're not going to push people there. Well, uh, they're probably not going to be a sponsor if they listen to the segment. When you, when you and I were in college undergrads, Swamp was the spot. Like if you weren't at Swamp right. on a Thursday for Thirsty Thursday, if you weren't there at like three, you weren't getting Thirsty into Swamp Thursday. that night. If you, you weren't there – Thursday. If you weren't there on Monday nights, I know it was a fraternity sorority night, but uh, they had $5 buckets and 25-cent wings. You could get out of there, ate, ate your dinner, drank your beer for 12 bucks after tip. It, it, uh, it, the swamp, wasn't the swamp, you know, once like Fats and Rowdy and, and all those other places came in, the swamp wasn't that same spot. Uh, and now you're moving it away from Midtown. I don't like the move. Nick, Nick, you live in Gainesville, uh, Innovation District, that new area kind of in be between Sorority Row and uh, in downtown. Uh, is that an area that's going to be popping soon? Is that an area that people are hanging out? Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't know where it is. I don't know. Uh, where, when, when they posted where they were going, I was like, well, I know where Sorority Row is, but like, I didn't know that there was like a commercial district or like a, a, a bar scene or shops or anything over there. Um, they're trying to make celebration point that um, with Spurrier's Ale House, Dave and Buster's over there. Um, I, I just don't so know. Bass Pro Shop is too. Bass, yeah. Bass Pro Shop's been there for like eight years, and that was the only thing over yeah, there. And they're I've kind of building up around it. Um, I just There's think that's Nike a little, store over there, right? Nike, yeah, Nike store over there. There's some. It looked like a sorority store. A lot of loud colors and polka dots and sundresses. Um, yeah, you always know where the sundress is at. It's listen, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing in the south. Um, so yeah, I don't know where the innovation district is. That might be uh, their first hurdle trying to say that the innovation district is popping. I, I've been I've lived in Gainesville since 2013, I have no idea where that is. Well, very good. Well, Swamp Restaurant, <laughs> if you want us to push people to your restaurant, feel free to sponsor this podcast. Just reach out, Stan Miguel. DMs on Twitter are open, slide right in. Just slide it's right so in. Girly. I'll read. I'll read anything. I'll read anything, bro. I can lie about anything. <laughs> well, so I don't know. I don't have any more topics. You guys got any more topics? If not, you want to shout out Manscaped for us? Shout out to Manscaped. I think they've been re they've been listening to our ad reads or something because I just got a, a random delivery. You know that we got yeah. Manscaped on the way. Oh, y'all knew. I got, I got myself a delivery notification today. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's going on, baby? Looked it up, <laughs> seeing what I was getting. And it's like the, a revival, like shave hygiene. It's just like some gel, some shaving cream for the jewels. I think it's more than that, Silk. Oh, I think you're going to be surprised. What, what was going yeah, on? I think, I think you're going to be surprised. I think with that, not only comes uh, some, some ball uh, reviver, I mm -hmm. think in that is going to uh, come their uh, ultra smooth kit, which 
uh, include oh, the razor. Oh, one of these balls about to be smooth as eggs. So it comes with the crop exfoliator, which is a gentle scrub for the groin area. Comes with a crop nice. gel, which is a clear lubricating shave gel. It's a shave nice. gel, not something to like give yourself like spiky pubes or anything. Comes with um, the crop lubricant, shaver. So I thought it was getting weird, but go yeah. ahead. Comes with the crop shaver, uh, which is a, uh, a specifically uh, groin engineered uh, razor. Mm -hmm. And then nice. it comes with six replacement blades as well as a trusty old travel case. Another travel case. I needed another travel case. And and it's, it's just small. It's, it's a small guy, but I had a rough weekend, man. It was, it's getting hot. Like summer's kicking. So I had the ball deodorant like thriving, but I could use some reviving. This kid's going to be just in time. Yeah, I was, uh, again, I, I will tell you, if you could buy one thing from anybody on this entire podcast, that the, the ball deodorant is the greatest thing in the world. I was uh, doing a little disco Dan yesterday, went to a <laughs> little pool party and uh, was able to put it on. No chafing, no anything. You know, five six hours in the sun felt like a, a a new man the entire day. So because you don't wear socks, so if it sweat down to your leg and go straight into your shoe, that's that's exactly right. I wasn't wearing any shoes. It was a pool party, but <laughs> Dan strikes me as a guy that would have like pool shoes, though. Yeah, maybe with like individual toes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Little swimmer, hey, little swimmer shoes. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. <sighs> Take care of them family jewels, man. Hygiene. It's good Very hygiene. Good. Very good. That was a good show. Um, I think I have the song of the week, don't I? What you got? Yeah, for I hit us with Meek Mill last week. You got the silk approval. You did. You did. Yeah, so yeah, that's a nice jingle, man. Um, I was going to play Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I don't know who the hell that is. You know that song. Everybody knows that song. Yeah, you are? Yeah, you know the song. Okay. Um, I believe you. Uh, I, so I went to a Medusa concert yesterday. He's a, a, a DJ. Actually, it's a trio of DJs, but only one performs, I guess, uh, yesterday. So uh, let's play his song, Paradise, uh, with Dermot Kenny. It's good, good song, good vibes, good fun to take us out. Uh, to another week. So same corner, same time next week, boys. Absolutely. Vibe out. Already. In the fading light, hearts collide, shadows dance in the distance. Something just ain't right. I'm cold inside. Help me find what I'm missing We're all scared to fly Still we try Learn to be brave See the other side Don't you leave me there Have no fear Close your eyes Find paradise Oh my, my, my There's a thousand miles Between you and I
has gone, the morning's won. We're gonna feel something different. It will set you free if you just tell me every secret I listen. We're all scared to fly, still we try. Learn to be brave, see the other side. Won't you lead me there? Have no fear. Close your eyes, find paradise, paradise, paradise. Close your eyes, find paradise, paradise, paradise. Close your eyes, find para. Oh my my my, there's a thousand miles. 